This episode of the Tukey's Take Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Fellas, just because the winter is here does not mean that you get to slack on the grooming. You get to use code Tukey at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping to get the right tools for the job when it comes to all of your grooming needs. Of course, the lovely, fantastic Lawnmower 4.0 is still out there, still available for all of you with its fantastic skin safe technology to make sure you never get one of those cuts or nicks. You never gotta worry about taking that little bit of toilet paper to your sack. It's never gonna happen again. You don't have to worry about it. It's also waterproof, even more so. So that way, if you're in the shower, you're good to go. Do what you want. Just Clean your drain, you filthy animal. Do what you gotta do as well. Of course, God, there's so much available at Manscaped. They've been so generous in sending so much our way as well that I could sit here and talk about it for days. The Weed Whacker for those pesky nose and ear hair. It's just, it's just, guys, it's top notch. That's the best way to put it. It is top notch. And again, thanks to our friends at Manscaped. Code to get checkout. 20% off your order. Free worldwide shipping. Not to mention they have a, a, my favorite item, which is called the plow. And it's a single blade, double-edged safety razor. It's called the plow. The plow. Anyway, again, thank you guys for listening to the show. Thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring this episode. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, another edition of the Ticket State Podcast. Of course, we are back again. Us, the guys, the fellas. That will be a t-shirt one of these days. Endo, write that down. Oh, okay. We gotta make that a t-shirt and soon. Oh, I have live, laugh, Endo. cry a lot. Is that, better? Is that fine or, you know? We'll put that on a shirt, too, if we can trademark it. Endo is here, Sin is here, and we are back again to talk about our favorite sport, some good old stick puck. But first and foremost, how you fellas doing? Sin, how how has your week been? I want I want a nice little check-in with what's going on with the fellas. Um, it's it's been pretty okay, you know. Uh not really a whole heck of a lot happened. That's a good <laughs> I've, thing. I've been kind of uh sort of hibernating after all the holiday stuff where I had to, you know, interact with people and be near other people and you know, just kind of enjoying some of the some of the old me time and uh unwinding from all that kind of stuff, but yeah. Fair enough. Endo, have you uh, had any requests to go shoveling as of late? Oh my god. Um, no. I, um, excuse me, Burby from the Dr. Pepper. Uh, praise, praise Bill. Praise Bill. Um, I, <laughs> I, I choked that no <laughs> There's one, one more. There was one more I in there. I think Sin gets it because he goes, he's on the West Coast and the time doesn't line up. Um, Anybody on Twitch though? Anybody from the the late night Twitch crowd? You know. Oh man, you know what's happening. Praise, praise Bill. Um, oh, I don't even know what I was talking about. Oh, so um, I might actually be doing more. Uh, it's not supposed to snow until like next week, but if I go work with this group, I might be getting like, a, like basically paid when we don't have to work. If that's if that's great. So like basically like being on call and stuff like that. So I've been basically on call waiting for waiting for calls to come in. And so far, nothing. I'm surprised. We had a big snow day like three days ago. And uh, Polina wanted to scoot the work. I'm like, you're not scooting the work in like the winter. What are you talking about? You're, you go take transit. Besides that, I'm okay. How are you doing? The exciting life of Endo Mills. 
It, honestly, there's <laughs> nothing. More updates. There's nothing that uh. is really exciting about me after everything that's closed down. I don't want to talk about it because I hate talking about it. But current uh, situation. I mean, with hey, yeah. The thing is, I don't view having a boring week as a bad thing. You know, I haven't done much this week either. I went grocery shopping, and now we're getting about God a foot of snow outside. Ooh, just living life, man. There you just go. Just living life, doing the best we can. So yeah, hey. Nice little, nice little check-in there. Speaking of checking in, though, how do you like that? How do you like that segue? I've been, I've been preparing for the return of this. We have some viewer questions today. Got these in a little bit late. It's been so long that I almost forgot to put out a, a tweet or a, a post about it. But hey, we have some viewer questions now. Oftentimes, of course, we we talk primarily about hockey. Uh, sometimes we get into other topics uh, if we have nothing to talk about, like the other week after Christmas when Endo sat there and Sin and I talked about football for a long time. Um, Sin, of course, a, a Packers fan, big fan of the uh, most vaccinated player, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that clip? It's a violation of HIPAA to even mention it. <laughs> <laughs> Which and that's not, dude. Aaron Rodgers throwing a hissy fit over someone saying that they wouldn't vote for Rodgers because of his vaccination status and the circus that he caused. That's not even the most ridiculous thing that happened in the past couple of days in the NFL. I mean, we got asked about this. Like, is he running for office? Or you mean for MVP? Oh God, I don't. I don't even know. <laughs> is, no, is he getting angry at made-up circumstances now? Probably. <laughs> so Reds Rebel asked this question, uh, and it is in regards to Antonio Brown and what happened with uh, him in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now. First and foremost, I want to say, uh, you know, the, the cheap plug here, of course, you know, on occasion, if we don't get a chance to talk about stuff like this, if you subscribe on the Patreon side of things for as low as a dollar a month to help support the fellas here, uh, yeah, hey, the, the Tuke Talk episodes are up there where it's like, okay, hey, I'm just going to talk about this stuff here because we couldn't get to it on the show. Uh, and this was one of the things that I, I kind of mentioned the other day that I didn't want to talk about, but since you guys are here and since it continues to evolve, screw it. Now... For those who do not know, I don't know how you don't know. I mean, it's it's certainly transcended sports. You have Antonio Brown of the Buccaneers just walking back to the locker room in the middle of the game, uh, taking off his pads and and leaving, and is doing his best to burn every possible bridge on the way out uh, for coaches, teammates such as Tom Brady and others that uh, managed to stick up for him when... He uh, continued to kind of prove to some people that he had already had too many chances. I mean, for those who don't know Antonio Brown's history, I mean, you might not remember his name exactly, but he essentially uh, crazied his way out of Pittsburgh, went to the Oakland Raiders, and that was a disaster, highlighted by him accidentally nearly freezing off his feet in a cryogenic chamber. Uh, that was interesting. <laughs> he went to the Patriots for a game. I believe he caught a touchdown pass against the Dolphins and then got booted and then went to the Bucs and won a Super Bowl. He is an incredibly talented football player. But when it comes to the question here is who is more in the wrong, the Bucs or Antonio Brown? The Bucs have released him. He is officially a free agent. I just don't feel comfortable criticizing Antonio Brown for the sole purpose of there is a very fine line here between him just being an arrogant ass, but there is clearly mental health issues or just outright 
uh, brain-related injury issue. Like, something is going on. This is not normal behavior, obviously. And I guess for some people, it's like, okay, where do you, where do you, where do you, you know, draw the line in terms of personal blame? And I don't know. So I don't really feel comfortable criticizing someone that is clearly not in the best headspace one way or another. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's really qualified to. <laughs> I mean, there's, I, I, I see just tons of speculation about, like, oh, the coach and the organization did it on purpose to keep him away from his bonus money. Um, or then, but then he says on Twitter, I don't know, he, he, he was commenting that, like, he was injured, and then he said, I don't know if I could play, and then the coach said, okay, fine, you're done or something. I don't know. Here's the thing. There's so – it it's – there's so much mixed info out there. No, none of us know what happens mm. besides the players on that field, namely Antonio Brown and the coach and whatever. But yeah, I honestly, it's just his his brain is is it's gonna be have to be studied immensely because I, I definitely think there's some sort of severe brain injury happening. Like this is kind of you know a, this like like Tuki said, it's simply not really in the realms of. I won't even say normal. It's just not rational. A lot of his actions, uh, off, you know, yeah. and and that indicates to me that there is mental health issues at the very least, if not, you know, some brain damage issues. I mean, just th- think of what what we learned from Junior Seau, and he didn't mm-hmm. even he was just mostly in pain, and he never really had the uh, you know lashing out or stuff. That it affects everyone so so much differently. But I mean, with some of the injuries that. Antonio Brown has taken it's it's incredibly plausible to 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 be able to point your your finger at at some cor- some sort of brain related injury uh and kind of again not necessarily that it gives him an incredible excuse but at the same time it's like none of us are qualified to make judgment on that yeah i yeah. agree 100% um i will say i'm not judging him or or the uh, the bucks on the situation but there is like allegedly damning evidence that like him going to a parent to a doctor and saying hey yeah can you check out my feet and having an mri done and all these scans saying like hey yeah you got like cartilage like in your feet or whatever and like you you're just gonna be playing and it just there's just so much and i feel like gen the general public shouldn't have any say on this it should be done through the organization and personally um we're allowed to say whatever we want at the same time, but I just don't think that we really do have the right to judge this situation without knowing 100% the whole entire story. Because there could be stuff that Antonio Brown's leaving out. There could be stuff that the Bucks are leading out. We we don't know the whole story. Um, we can only speculate. And I don't want to yeah. do the speculating. I mean, like I said, it's it's that super fine line, right, between personal responsibility and, and what side of it it is. So it wouldn't matter if it was Antonio Brown in the NFL or somebody in the NHL. It's just like, yeah, you know, it's almost like the the, the culture, right, is to sit there and like, ooh, look at that, look at that train wreck. Can't turn away from looking at that. But at the same time, it's like you, you realize what it is, and it's like something's just not right there. Yeah. Another thing on that too, just quickly, is go ahead. Like we sh- like we should. I can't remember what what the word I'm trying to say is, but um, crap, I, I forgot what I was gonna say. Right when I said it, anyways, we're good. You blew it. Yeah, I blew it. <laughs> <laughs> Think of it. Let me know. Uh, next question comes from AJ. Who are your top three most hated players of all time? I presume he means for NHL related purposes. Most hated players: uh, Matt Cook, 
Alex Burrows and Alex Burrows again. <laughs> Those are my three. <laughs> mm. And uh, anybody come to mind for you, or are you still trying to think about what you forgot? Yeah, both. <laughs> uh, Sin, you go ahead. I got. I'm gonna take a minute to think of this one because I really, I didn't really like pay attention to like hockey, hockey, like NHL hockey and stuff like that for a while. I always knew about like top players and everything, but I didn't know about who I really hated. Who was that one goddamn guy you kept? He has like the most like suspended like games. Can't remember his name. Well, Rafi Torres. Yeah, Rafi Torres. Yeah, fuck that guy. The... <laughs> yeah, Sean Avery. I was gonna say, uh, yeah, fuck that guy. I, I, <laughs> I want to. I want to take uh, uh, Alex Burrow's second name off the list and add uh, Mike Ribeiro. Um, special shout out to Scott Walker as well. I might be the only person who dislikes him, but uh, oof. I think it was. Um, yeah, there's, there's quite a few players that come to mind. There's, Sin. there's one more. I'll, I'll say it after. Go ahead, son. No, go for it. Just finish no, up. I'll, I'll, no, I'm, I'm trying to figure what the who the last guy is. I gotta I gotta <laughs> dot my eyes and cross oh. my teeth. <laughs> Okay. Who's that Pokemon? Yeah. It's Pikachu. Start giving us hints. Let's go. Start giving us hints. Um, Dustin Brown. Hmm. I can understand. Um, Drew. Is there a specific instance as to why? Yeah. Every single time he elbows someone in the head or knees someone. Fair enough. <laughs> um. <sighs> Drew Doughty. Just cause. Um. The, the most severely overrated name in hockey is Drew Doughty. And it's not even close. All right. Well, actually, <laughs> Carey Price comes pretty freaking close. But I'm giving, Ooh, I'm giving shot. No, please note that was not the words of Tugi24. That was the words of Mr. Sin for man, the win. Man went first I overall, and he's win. nowhere even close to Mark Andre Fleury. Sorry. Did he go first or go fourth? He went fourth. Oh, I whatever. Think. Yeah, but he went. He went in the top five, where a goalie should never, ever, ever. Yeah, ever going go. fourth overall as a goalie might as well be going first overall. Yeah, you're a goaltender. <laughs> think you about should it. go in the second round and beyond. It should be illegal to take a goalie in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, just and saying. your third player is the entire uh, Vegas Golden Knights hockey team. Oh, that's see, that's see, this is where I struggle because there's a lot of people that I hate on VGK, and it's all, but it's also recency bias. It would probably be mm. a tie between between. Although I kind of have a soft spot for him since he no longer plays me directly, I guess. It would be a tie between March or so and Corey Perry. Mm. Ooh. Okay. Corey Perry was just annoying. <laughs> and March or so, from my understanding, is someone who runs his mouth a lot. He's just a goddamn whiner. And then, yeah, he, <laughs> he, won't, he won't answer the bell. Whines about refs. Uh, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't like him. <laughs> That's it. Like I legitimately don't like. I've never met the guy. He could be a wonderful human being, but just judging on like him saying to, to like someone on Instagram, like lashing out at them, being like "suck your mommy's teeth" or whatever the hell he said. I remember <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, and then that's his happened whole... a bit recently. Like he yeah. did that. Brad Marchand was going after people recently on Instagram. Yeah. Um, what, what, what else? Is, yeah. And of course, you know, the after the after the game seven thing where he doesn't want to take any personal responsibility for his team absolutely shitting the bed and just saying, eh, it's the rest there. You know. <laughs> Sorry. Was it Joe Pesci? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a really half-assed attempt at the French thing. Although, I got to say, my, my anger towards French Canada has subsided a bit since I stopped playing, uh, you know, Ischel. But I still hate March, so... All I gotta say is right now it would be the worst time to play um 
Ishul right now because all of Quebec is on a lockdown. And they have nothing oh, else they can do. They so no wonder why Hunt's anyway. been fucking miserable for of me. Of course. <laughs> Jesus. They, they can't walk their dogs, so they have to play. That better neck must <laughs> get the neck cards. At least. Uh, okay, God, my third one. That's... Yeah, my third one isn't a player. It is a player's specific action, if that counts. Okay. It's Dion Phaneuf's slap shot. Do you know how many players on the Toronto Maple Leafs roster have been injured because of Dion's slap shot, whether it's in-game or in practice? Oh, no. He hurt Colin Greening. What are the Leafs going to do without him? <laughs> what? It's hurt so many people during practice. Oh, no. Ben Smith got in the way. Our playoff hopes are really shot now. Yeah, you know what? Ben Smith <laughs> is the answer. Justin Pogey was the future. Oh. Yeah, the future of the Charlotte oh. Checkers, maybe. You know what's really funny? I think I saw a tweet about this today. How um, P- Tuka Rask is on the AHL professional tryout deal. Way just, to just ruin the order of the show. I'm Thank sorry. You. I'm getting right to that because that is <laughs> that's a big fucking thing because I'm going on this tangent. Justin Pogi is a front runner to start in net for the Canadian Olympic team at the Olympics. Yeah. That wasn't a bad trade now, was it, huh? That wasn't a bad trait now. Oh, God. Canadian Olympic goalie versus AHLer. Um, Yeah, honestly, I'll mention since you brought that up, like, I'm not going to, I didn't gather, like, the, oh, the Olympic list, like, oh, Empower will apparently play for Canada. The U.S. released some names. Until that's finalized, we're not talking about it because we're still a month away, and who the fuck knows what's going to happen with the games and whatnot. So, not even bothering talking about that yet. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about Tuka Rask in a, in a little bit. That's fine. Sorry, but, I had to. <laughs> no, no. Ben Smith got <laughs> God, Justin Pogge, by the way, playing in uh, the German league, the DEL, uh, with Cologne, where he has a 9.05 save percentage in 27 games. That's my Pogge. That's that's the guy. I need to see. Hold on really quickly. This is I don't know how this keeps happening, but we always have to sit here and look up... Uh, who, who's doing what in terms of these particular leagues? And Elite Prospects is really letting me down right now in terms of trying to find a player. There we go. There's your goalies. Leading save percentage in Germany. I mean, again, it was a 9.05 for Pogi. A 9.32 for Dustin Strahlmeyer. Put some respect on Dustin Strahlmeyer. God, Pogi has the 12th best save percentage in Germany. I can't even have a top 10 save percentage in Germany. No disrespect, but woof. Hey, no, he can't do Ooh. too good or else the Leafs are going to want him back, okay? He can't do too good. <sighs> Fair enough. Really? I mean, I hey, he might Jack be a more Campbell reliable backup. coming of Dominic Hasek. You guys are fine. My f- oh, my God. Oh, my we'll God. We'll talk about that in a little bit, too. <laughs> um, he might be a more reliable backup than Peter Mrazek, though. Yeah. Uh, final question. And, I mean, you know, we're going to kind of talk about some of the teams that are a little bit rough. Uh, if the deadline was today... Who would be your sellers and buyers? And we get this question often throughout a season. And the answer, who's in a playoff spot yeah, right now? Yeah, can, can we? Those would be the buyers. Can, can, can we like narrow this down? I think on like, I think we should go for like, who, who's, who's looking to probably make the biggest splashes and who's going to okay, sell the biggest so, pieces. I think we could do that. So right now in the, in the Eastern conference, so general it is. So in the Eastern Conference right now, you have Washington, the New York Rangers, the Carolina Hurricanes, Tampa, Florida, Toronto, Pittsburgh, and Boston are in playoff spots right now. 
obviously all of them would look to buy. If you're talking about the team that is most likely to buy, I would say the Rangers have a pretty good shot because let's be honest, they need a bit more depth to really kind of sustain that record. I would throw out the Florida Panthers, again, just being desperate to make it past Tampa this year. And I'd add the Boston Bruins, who are absolutely desperate, if not the most desperate team in the Eastern Conference. I don't know if any of you uh, or either of you agree uh, with that particular assessment. And then in terms of who a seller would be in the East, Montreal, because they are at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Montreal. (laughs) Is below, dude. Montreal has 18 points in 34 games. Lol. Ottawa what? has 20 in 29. Ottawa has five games at hand on Montreal and are two points ahead of them. Montreal selling, and maybe the Islanders if they don't figure something out. Which I mean, the Islanders are 10 points out of a playoff spot right now, so I don't know if that's really going to work out. Western Conference. Nashville, St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, Anaheim, Calgary, Minnesota, and Edmonton in playoff spots. Who are the buyers? The Edmonton Oilers, because they're a tire fire. Doesn't take me to tell you that, does it? (laughs) Like St. Louis, maybe? By the way, shout out to the Nashville Predators, who currently sit atop the Central Division. Uh, They are four points clear of Colorado, but the Avs have five games at hand, because the NHL schedule has been... Obliterated. Yeah. So I it's just, fairly obvious. I'm just looking right now at, at Edmonton. I'm just gonna go on a little tangent about Edmonton real quick. Again? Yeah. Gonna jump the gun. Yeah. Just I'm keep sorry. The gun. I'm sorry. How do you have like that bad of a goals against average? Like not not just like look at the goals against. Like just look br- blankly right here. They have 111 goals against in their entire season so far. There are several teams that are lower than them in the standings that have like 10 less, like 15 less than them. How are you going to be a playoff contender when your goalies are not doing great? Or when your defense is just not doing great? You are ruining one of the greatest generational players of that we've had in the NHL. Zach Hyman. Zach Hyman! Yeah! No, no, McDavid. You're ruining McDavid and Drysaddle. I saw multiple articles saying like how they're ruining them, and it's no-brainer. I'll have to write an article about it because it's pretty obvious. But really. just, it's how? How the hell? What this is illegal. This should be this should be a crime. Free those boys. Bring our boys home to another team that deserves them. And it's not the Leafs. So yeah, buyers and sellers. Pretty obvious. Just look at the standings. Who's not supposed? Who heading into the season would you have said? Oh, they're going to be a playoff team, and they're currently not. Good chance that they're going to be sellers. With that, of course, I want to thank you guys for uh, sending in those questions. Of course, the Discord is the best place to do it. On top of that, uh, I normally put up a a Twitter post as well to cultivate these lovely questions that you send us. With that, let's move into our day-by-day. We have Tuesday. Uh, Yeah, we we only have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to talk about. Let's start off on Tuesday as the Boston Bruins beat the New Jersey Devils 5-3. It was beautiful. Curtis Lazar scored. That's right. Curtis Lazar is still in the league, everybody. He's a Bruin, and he has three goals. It's great. Uh, Oscar Steen scored his first NHL goal off of the most garbage crossbar bounce weirdness I've ever seen. But he's a pretty solid player. He deserves it. Uh, Trent Frederick scored, and we won't mention him at all for the rest of the podcast. 
David Posternock got his ninth as well. Uh, for the Devils, only really th- notable thing is that Nathan Bastion uh, has five goals on the season now. Of course, Nathan Bastion was uh, acquired by the Seattle Kraken, and then they just let him go. Because that's not another questionable move <laughs> made by the Seattle Kraken. Analytic move. Yeah, no, I, yeah, analytics said get rid of Nate Bastion. Yeah. <laughs> Nate Bastion has more goals this season than Marcus Johansson, than Callie Arncroke, Colin Blackwell, uh, Morgan Geeky, uh, Mason Appleton, Riley Sheehan. Uh, has one fewer goal than Jaden Schwartz. Yeah, but how many assists does he have? Yeah, that's that's always the question. Let's find out for Nathan (laughs) Bastion. Points don't matter when, at the end of the day, you need someone to score goals and Seattle can't. Nathan Bastion, uh, five goals, two assists for seven points in 29 games, baby. Killing it. Crushing it. God damn it, Seattle. Listen to the last podcast if you want to hear us talk about how bad the Seattle Kraken are. Uh, the Florida Panthers beat the Calgary Flames 6-2. to uh, The Panthers at 22-7-4 and as of this game. Uh, Anthony Duclair scored his 13th goal of the year. Uh, I always bring that up because Sin's always frustrated that maybe a team like San Jose couldn't have... Uh, just couldn't have given him an opportunity. Uh, Patrick Hornquist, five, uh, or fifth and sixth goals uh, of the season. And Jumbo Joe Thornton with this fourth of the year... He just passed 1,700, 1,700 games played for Joe Thornton. Sin, what a man. What a legend. God damn, I miss him. (laughs) (sighs) Good friend of the show, uh, Timo, put up a graphic, and it's so weird because it's like, okay, there he is in a Sharks jersey. There he is in a Bruins jersey. And then there he is in a Leafs and Panthers jersey. Yeah. Fans of time. Weird, but, I mean, he's he's kind of become the Yager of, of the NHL. He's going to keep playing until he did some, no, someone doesn't offer him a contract, I'm pretty sure. But if he wins a cup, he's gone. He's he's off to Switzerland to live and play probably hockey until he's 60 years old. Thornton, uh, unless I am incorrect here for quant hockey, it looks accurate, is now sixth all-time in games played, just the sixth player ever to hit 1,700 career games. He is 31 games behind Ron Francis and 33 games behind Yuramir Yager. Wow. And the Panthers 22-7-4, so he could pass Yuramir Yager for games played. Obviously, if Yager never left for the KHL, he would be all-time. Mm-hmm. Um you know, technically, if Thornton were to play next year, he would likely pass Patrick Marlowe, who is number one at 1,779 games. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's possible. But just insane longevity. I mean, especially, too, for a guy in Joe Thornton, who is uh, a, he's a big boy. And he's had knee he's injuries, nicknamed... too. That's the trippy part, man. Uh-huh. How the fuck is he still going? <laughs> Dude, his name's, his nickname's Jumbo for a reason. He's fucking 6'4", 220. Yeah. Has knee injuries and is still somehow in the league. And not just that, still Does loves the game. I mean, I mean, well, I mean, mm-hmm. and that's why he's still in the league. Like the man clearly loves the game. He loves being at the rink, and that was always apparent no matter where he went. And yeah, and unfortunately, you just I think a lot, and, and not so, and I'm not just going to harp on other teams. I think a lot of teams and fan bases they don't 
especially the ones where he's only there for like a year. They did not understand what the hell they had. And like they like, I don't know. I feel like he's just was not appreciated enough. And that's I'm guilty of that, too. I it's you were looking back at like how freaking lucky I was to watch that man play in his prime for all those years was just absolutely. I mean, we got him at what age? 25, 26. So right as he entered his prime and we got all those years mm-hmm. out of him. And it's tough to look back on when you don't win a cup, but you have to like at the same time. It's like that's that's one of the world's that's one of the best players of all time, and I got to watch him. And and you know what I got to watch? <laughs> you know what I got to watch instead? Fucking Wayne Primo. <laughs> oh yeah, for a hundred and one games, fucking Wayne Primo. Brad Stewart for two seasons, a season and a half, and then Marco Sturm, who was great and scored the 2010 Winter Classic game winning goal. But God damn it, <laughs> we can't talk. We, we can't talk about the yeah, Bruins on no, this no, show. Old time hockey boys, uh, trades and stuff, and the hockey was just much better before any sort of analytics. That trade right there is all the evidence. Yeah, great analytics need. on that trade. <laughs> Jesus, John John Tortorella was like, that's a real hockey trade. You know, you get a couple tough guys, one on the back and one on the God, the analytics of the trade. Oh, boy. Uh, For the Flames, though, in the loss, uh, Johnny Goodrow, 14 goals on the year. Uh, He's been good for Calgary. He's been real good. Uh, I still think they are very much in that same spot where it's like, okay, what the hell are you going to do? Because Johnny Goodrow's deal is up at the end of the year. He's a UFA. Uh, they are currently in a playoff spot, and obviously the talk was with, you know, Daryl Sutter being the coach. It's like, oh, well, Johnny Goodrow, does he fit? But Johnny Goodrow has upped his defensive game this year. He's still putting up points. I, I don't know what the hell Calgary is going to do, though, still. Like, you know, like, is is this core revitalized now that somehow Daryl Sutter, is, as Sins mentioned on the show before, has been able to actually, like, adapt himself to the modern game? It's impressive. It is. I, know, I never Dan thought the man had it, had it in him. Like he was a hard note. He was a hard ass coach back in the '90s when he coached the Sharks. Man, like, and imagine that sort of mentality in today's game. It just simply wouldn't work. But he's found a way. God darn it! That is that is a 63 year old man from Viking, Alberta. <laughs> Wait, he's only 63. Yeah, <laughs> he's been around for a long time, dude. Yeah. His uh oh my god! Uh, I, I didn't know. I figured he was like almost seventy by now. That's kind of I, younger than I thought. So, Daryl Sutter's staff history: became head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks at age twenty nine on June twenty first, nineteen eighty eight. <laughs> that was his first NHL head coaching gig. He was the coach of the Blackhawks for six years until nineteen ninety five. Then became head coach of the Sharks from 97 to 02. Mm-hmm. Even then, 02 only brought him to age 44. Wow. Was the head coach of the Flames for four years, went to a Stanley Cup final, became the GM of the Flames in that time as well for a seven-year span, coached the Kings to two Stanley Cups, uh, served as an advisor to the Ducks for two years, and now is coaching the Flames again. Daryl Sutter. That hell is of a, career. a uh, That's a hell of a career. I mean... Like I said, you know, the two Stanley Cups there. You talk about probably should have been three with Calgary. Sorry, Flames fans. Uh, Yeah, no, ridiculous coach. Speaking of ridiculous, 
the Tampa Bay Lightning beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 7-2. Are you noticing a theme? Like, after this holiday season and everything that's been going on with uh, postponements, there are a ton of high-scoring games yes. going on in the, yep. in the league right now. Like, defense and goaltending need not apply. I I don't understand, <laughs> to be honest. Um, Andre Pilat scored two goals. He's up to 12 on the year. Corey Perry scored his ninth of the year. Somehow still effective. Like, you, you think he might be cooked, and it's like, he bounced around, right? Like, what? He went from Dallas to Montreal. Now he's in Tampa. And, of course, he's doing well. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, that's just in the last couple of years, though. He's just basically been signing league minimums and bouncing around because he's got that. I think he still might be making that buyout Ducks money, or maybe it's up by now, but... Definitely got to look that up. Yeah. Um, should mention, too, for Tampa, Braden Point, 11 goals. Alex Kalorn, 10. Um, I'll jump ahead to their next game that happened on Thursday because it's worth noting something. Uh, that being that in in this time, right, in this time with the Lightning, uh, on Thursday they also beat the Flames 4-1, to so the Flames have dropped a couple. Uh, Perry scored his 10th. Pilat is 13th, Point is 12th, and Kaloran is 11th. Like, all the key players are heating up. And, oh, what's that? With the win, they moved to 23-8-5. Thursday's game was Nikita Kucherov's first since October 16th. <laughs> they are 23-8-5. He also had two assists in that game against Calgary. I kind of hope they win another cup. Well, no, I don't. Um, I want, it, I you want could Florida find to win the fucking cup, but if they did, I would kind of be like, we, we need a modern day dynasty. Like we need something to be able to, and lightning's fans just don't bug me nearly enough to, for me to hate the idea of them being considered a dynasty. Fair enough. Oh, and you were correct too. Corey Perry is still counting for $2 million against the duck salary cap yeah. for this year and next. Jeez. Um, Good. That said, they still have like $11 million in cap space. Yeah, I mean, they're not they... going to have to sign Zegras for that long. So, I mean, perfect. <laughs> yeah, and Troy Terry's uh, deal isn't up until Perry comes off the books, and then he's an RFA anyway. So Honestly, like, goes... I don't think we're talking enough about how well the Ducks have handled this rebuild. Uh, they've done a, a kind of a masterful job if like just, just because of the result now this year. I mean, holy crap. And the way the, the financials are lining up too, I mean, it could be a good team and that that about three years, I think they could be a serious contender. Yeah, well, I mean, right, you think, like, Comtois and Lundstrom, 22, Terry's 24. They've finally, like, Sonny Milano's finally figured it out. He's only 25. Sam Steele is 23. Drysdale on the back end. Like, I think this year, you know, they probably take maybe one more defenseman to try and get into the mix, but yeah, no, I mean, the Ducks are set up stupidly well, and for as much... As, you know, we, like, every Eastern, like, Endo can speak to this as a Leafs fan. Every Eastern Conference team dreaded it. The California road trip. Yeah. And for a short, I mean, especially Leafs fans. Oh, my God. You have no idea. <laughs> oh, man. It was brutal. And then for, like, this brief little window, oh, it's done. All three of them are bad. It's okay. They can't hurt us anymore. And that lasted for like two seasons. Yep. Oh my God. That's, it's outrageous. Like the Kings have rebuilt so fast. The Sharks might not have as many prospects because I think they kind of maybe sort of hung on a little bit more. Or, or as in like their window extended a little bit further than the Kings and the Ducks. 
Granted, I think the Ducks made yeah. the playoffs and like the when they played the Oilers, but like you get yeah, the point. Yeah, and then the year after the Sharks swept them, <laughs> and that was the end of the Ducks there. So I mean, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous just how how well they've done to uh, to hang on. Essentially, the California teams. Both of them. It's been like a three year reset because it was the Kings and Ducks. The last time they made the playoffs was the year that this was was the year Vegas jumped into the league. Kings got swept by Vegas. Sharks swept the Ducks, I think. Or they beat... Did they? I can't remember exactly how the Kings and Vegas series went. But yeah, that was the year. And then the Sharks met the Vegas in the, the second round. And that was the last year, I think, both the Ducks and the Kings were in the playoffs, which was 2017. But here, four years later, they're both threatening. The Ducks are looking almost like a shoe in, dare I say. That's a three-year turnaround. Mm-hmm. Only in California, baby. I mean that in the New York Rangers. Buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> the the largest cities, yeah. I mean, aside from Chicago, have kind of uh, struggled since getting pooped on by Nashville five years ago. Um, yeah, no. Well, then again, I mean, Chicago did make the playoffs and knocked out Edmonton uh, during the bubble. Lol. So you can't keep you can't keep these markets down. Oh man. Uh, speaking of the Sharks, they they lost on Tuesday six to two. To Detroit, yeah. uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, two-goal game up to 15 on the year. Dylan Larkin, his 16th. Jeez. Um, send your general thoughts on the game before I bring up two specific notes. Uh, number one, Hurdle is gone. Uh, number two, that fucking sucks. <laughs> That's, so what uh, changed yeah. to make you go to just like, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling that it's he's done? It's just been the overall vibe of the team, and then Hurdle says – you know, this this was embarrassing. I don't know if I think it was after that game or maybe it was the game before. I don't know. It was after. I'm pretty sure it was that game. Because no, that's a bad sign, though, right? Yes. The fact that it's like, OK, that, that's that's says all it's you need to know. It's a bad sign that there's been no negotiations either during season or even before the season, because usually the Sharks are we get those extensions done before training camp. Carlson locked in before training camp. You look back on some of the other major deals. They were all locked in before training camp. Hurdle, the UFA arguably one of the major faces of the Sharks now and their oh, last for sure. major prospect guy. Um, yeah, he's saying that. It's just he's he's gone. It, it's going to happen, and what the Sharks need to do is trade him. And I don't, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get some backlash. People are going to piss and moan, but there's always uninformed morons in every fan base, and those are going to be ones who are pissing and moaning. The people who understand that he's probably not coming back, why would he? Why would he sign long-term here with this many question marks? It's yeah. not happening. It's and I'm, I'm just mentally preparing myself for fun must be always. Tomas Hurdle, four goals between the legs, getting bitched out by Don Cherry's old ass. Um, it, it just sucks. It sucks. And I love the guy to death. And I'm going to be probably an instant fan of whatever team he goes to because he's, he's so ridiculously good and just a really good dude. And it just it sucks. But, yeah, the Sharks... They're they're a bad team. They're pretenders at best, and uh, yeah, Hur- Hurdle's definitely gone. In this game, uh, the Sharks commentary apparently mentioned <laughs> how the Red Wings had gone 100 games without a shorthanded goal. They then proceeded to immediately score two shorthanded goals within a minute. Yeah. Hey, it's crazy. <laughs> but, but, but but you know what's crazy, dude? This was a five minute power play. I thought we were supposed to be guaranteed four goals. I thought that happens on every single five minute power play. The team who has that power play gets an automatic three or four goals, and we should change the rules or something to, uh, to you know, to make to make it harder harder for that to happen. Anyway, 
I just had to throw that in there. Oh, Vegas. What's up, Vegas? Uh, <laughs> What's up? Come at me. Follow me on Twitter, bitches. Now, this game also had another moment of uh, Wes Macaulay brilliance uh, announcing two people going to the box for fighting. Yeah. Your your thoughts, gentlemen, on, on Wes Macaulay. Like, I, I like it on one hand, but... I do agree with the takes of like I I don't know man if you if you find it like this like gut busting uh, laugh worthy okay but it's it's cute like I'll say that it's cute we need more personality in hockey I don't think it should come from the refs but you know Wes McCauley Wes McCauley he's gonna do his thing whatever but yeah it it does he doesn't need to be a showstopper um and that's that's the only thing I worry about but I'm I'm not gonna make a bigger deal over it than it is it's in my opinion just harmless. Harmless fun, whatever. The Colorado Avalanche beat the Chicago Blackhawks 4-3 to in overtime on Tuesday. The rookie race that we've talked about, right? I mean, we pretty much already said through the opening month that it's Moritz Sider or Lucas Raymond. It's going to be a Red Wing. That said, uh, Trevor Zegras has already, you know, obviously thrown his name into the hat. Alex Newhook isn't too far off the pace of some of those other top players. He scored his seventh of the year for the Abs. There are rookie classes in the past where you look at it, it's like, oh, that guy won the rookie when this, 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 and this guy were there. I'm not saying that whoever wins the Calder this year is going to be looked at negatively, but from the looks of it, we're going to look back at this draft class and just be like, my God, how did they whittle it down? To just three people. Right. Again, in terms of scoring right now, Lucas Raymond, Trevor Zegras, Moritz Sider, even Tanner Janot in Nashville has 21 points in 35 games. Dawson Mercer, Lundell in Florida, Drysdale, Jonathan Dawn in San Jose, Seth Jarvis and Cole Sillinger. Like this, this list of names mm-hmm. is absurd. This is an incredible rookie class. And it really does make you wonder, yeah, if someone like Lucas Raymond or even Alex Nadelkovic in goal for the Red Wings. If the Red Wings didn't have that triple threat, what exactly would the rookie race look like? But uh, in terms of these points, it's still it's still going to be Lucas Raymond, isn't it? Or or does or does Trevor Zegers make it a a race at this point? What do you guys think? I think it'll be a race. Um, like. I love to remind people that remember that Connor McDavid did not win the Calder generational talent. Connor McDavid did not win it. It was Artemi Panarin, and Panarin had a great McDavid season. Then was again, injured, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, injured. he did. He did yeah. miss time that year. Yeah, but yeah. he did play like when he came back. Like he was still like dominant even when he came back from injury too. Um, I think it's going to be really really tight. Uh, I think there could be like a sleeper pick for sure. Um, we still got another half of the season so far. It's it's either going to be Cider. Raymond or Zegras, maybe someone else comes in like New Hook. I don't know. Or or Bunting out of nowhere just goes on an absolute good tear. Old, <laughs> good, old good old Michael, Michael Bunting. Bunting. I mean, he is uh he's sixth in scoring right now. Tied with Dawson Mercer in points, so there you go. There you go. Um for the Avs too in that game, Eric Johnson, who's still kicking around, two goal game, up to five on the year. Did you guys see the winning goal for Kale McCarr? Uh, oh it, yeah. It, so basically the idea is for for those who didn't see it I will try to explain it look it up though this was a great goal he goes around the back of the opposition's goal he's along the half wall and does this quick 180 degree turn and cut that just I think it was Kirby Doc that was yeah. next to him just completely froze him 
just froze him like the most vicious NBA crossovers. Drives to the net, buries it on the backhand, 14th of the year. Kale McCarr is so gross, and it's one of those things where consistently you almost feel bad on a podcast for just banging on the same points over and over again. Kale McCarr is sick, everybody. He's the and for, best for me, offensive defenseman in the NHL. He Period. is the third. He's the, he's the third winger. He's the third winger on your play. Whatever. There's it's just there's no words. Like you say, he's great one night, and then he comes out the next night. That's something even better. It's like why, why, how, why, why, how? Honestly, yeah, he's he's had a couple of moments like that this season where I'm like, oh my god, and it's like he keeps surprising. Yeah, and how he's and how he's getting stuff done in terms of. Um, in terms of point per game uh, percentage as well, because obviously things have been messed up a little bit. But if you do look at um, defensemen in terms of point per game that have played at least 20 uh, games this season, Kale McCarr is number one at a 1.08 point per game. Uh, the only other players to have over a one, they're both at 1.0, uh, Victor Hedman and Adam Fox. And... Uh, like Sin just mentioned the idea of Joe Thornton, like, oh man, how great it was. And I'll keep mentioning it. We get to watch like people our age. We got to watch Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin. We're getting to watch McDavid now. And I'm pretty sure that next crop is already here in terms of like the defenseman with Kale McCarr and Adam Fox. Ridiculous. Go check out that goal if you haven't already. You won't regret it. There's been like a whole Four... new development. Sorry, they cut you off again. There's been a whole new development of mobile skaters as of the past like few years uh i remember i was skating with uh basically potential first round traffic this year ty, ty nelson i had to skate with him i think it was a few years ago when he was still like playing in the uh toronto junior canadians uh triple a team over there and the way he moved and the way he moves you think these these guys are forwards you you think they just they're just a winger or whatever and whatever and everything but the way they're like conditioning themselves for skating and for hand movement and hand eye and all that it's it's unreal because they had the aspects of like a traditional defenseman but they have the ability to just openly just carry the puck up the ice they have i i'm not sure what to call it the word the proper word to call it is but they basically can control the pace of the game and that's becoming what used to be a really really rare occurrence in the nhl now it's becoming like standard per se, for every team to have one guy who can just control the play, that you can have him on I the mean, power play and everything like that. I think the term that you always hear is quarterback. Yeah. Like, just a player's ability to, yeah, control the game, similar to, obviously, what the elite NFL quarterbacks can do. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, Alex Dabrinkit in that game, uh, despite the loss, scored two goals. He's up to 20 on the year. Future captain of the Chicago Blackhawks, Alex Dabrinkit. I will not let this go. I will not. <laughs> he is the right guy for that locker room. He is an incredible talent on the ice. Alex frickin' Debrinkit. But you know who won't be the next captain of the Chicago Blackhawks? Alex frickin' Nylander. Because <laughs> Alex Nylander was traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins in a deal that was one for one with Penguins forward Sam Lafferty. Oof. Ugh. Yeah, so like this is a bad trade for sound, Chicago. It doesn't sound good, does it? Sam Lafferty, 
who you know, like, no disrespect to Sam Lafferty. He's been okay in his time at the NHL. He's just guy. He is. Hey, he's guy. guy. He's fourth liner. Guy. But not even, de- like, depth kind of guy. Like, he could, like, his upside is fourth liner. So, I don't understand this for Chicago at all. He's older than Nylander. Less upside than Nylander. Why are you getting a fourth liner when you're probably not going to be sniffing the playoffs? I I don't I don't understand. I, I really don't understand this move for Chicago at all. And I think Pittsburgh can do the thing that they do. And and <laughs> all right. Besides with Galchenyuk, I mean, but no one could fix Galchenyuk. Yeah, Nylander. You you put him around guys like Crosby, Malkin. Now at this point, Rodriguez, Rust. He could probably find some. I, I I can see him being like a forty point guy. I, this is a terrible. A trade. former player, uh, or a, a current player, but a former eighth overall pick. Yep. Back in twenty sixteen, um, second one for one trade he was a part of because obviously he was drafted by the Buffalo Sabers, and in July of twenty nineteen he was traded one for one for Hawks defenseman Henry Yokiharu, uh, who was also kind of just kicking around. Yeah. Uh, he was the 29th overall pick of the 2017 draft. 18 games played this season, five points for the Sabers. I don't. The Nylander thing's interesting, right? Like we could obviously talk about who was selected after him, but 1920, he played 65 games with the Hawks, had 26 points. It's not ideal. It's not brutal. But that was it. Like he spent all of this season. With the Rockford Ice Hogs in the AHL, has 12 points in 23 games. I mean, I can understand cutting ties on someone who's going to be 24 years old in two months. But, like Sin mentioned, you're trading him for someone who is going to be turning 27 this March. Uh, four days after, actually. Four days apart. Um, well, at least in terms of actual birthday. So, yeah, I, I don't know what Sam Lafferty will bring for the Hawks. I think he does kind of fit the theme of what they have going on with that team in the sense of you look at some of their forwards and it's Mike Hardman and Jujar Kara and Josiah Slavin and Curtis Gabriel now and hey. grit, effort, effort, grit. Wait, who has Curtis Gabriel? Yeah. He's a Chicago Blackhawk. What? He got traded. Yeah, he got yep. traded. We grabbed the... A twenty-three-year-old defenseman from Chad, uh, from the Chad Box. Chris. Yeah, well, trade happened on December 9th. How dare you, right? <laughs> put it, give him to that dumpster fire of an organization. Hey, if there's anybody that can help them fix themselves, it's a saint like Curtis Gabriel. Yeah, yeah maybe. I think even, that even maybe then. the reason why they grabbed him is like, hey, he does a lot of good stuff. Yeah, make our like, hmm, team look good. Maybe if we surround ourselves by women and surround ourselves with other good people, it'll rub off on us. Yeah. What is it? Uh, the, the Squidward meme? I have no talent. I have no talent. <laughs> and um, if, I, if, I, if I surround myself with, with, the, they, with these people, their talent rub off on me. And it's like an old, it's like an old like, season one Spongebob clip where like, Pat, like Spongebob can't like, do art and Squidward's like, okay, I'll teach you how to do art. It's like bad. No? Now, no one? Okay, sweet. Thanks. No. No, we're just going to let you go. I agree with Sin. Uh, Neil Ander will be great for the Penguins. That's pretty much all I need to know. I do want to mention this, though, because we can't mention Montreal. I I do believe uh, we didn't see a single Habs game, unless I'm mistaken. But can kind of bring it up because of the Blackhawks. 
Uh, we talked about them hiring uh, Brigitte uh, Laquette as a scout. The Montreal Canadiens, uh, over the past couple of days, they have hired Chantal Maccabee, I'm going to go with. It's probably not, because there's a, a thing over the E, and it's French, and I, I suck. Uh, but she has been hired as a vice president of communications for the Habs. I will say the same thing, essentially, that we said about the Blackhawks, and that I said on Twitter. You can rightfully question the motives of the organization that has recently done, you know, done some very shady shit. But you can do so without downplaying the accomplishment of a more than qualified individual. Like, this is a woman that I think mentioned that she has been with uh, RDS um, as a reporter for like three decades or something like that. Like, in terms of a job with the communic, you know, with a title of communications, like, there's no denying, like, yeah, that's somebody that you hire. Montreal, would they have hired her? We don't know. Like, bottom line is, like, let's be honest, you look at what the Habs had done with the whole Logan Mayu thing, and yeah, you're gonna question whether or not she actually would have been hired, even though she's deserving, would she have been hired if they didn't get flack over Logan Mayu? Chicago Blackhawks, Stan Bowman, after the Kyle Beach stuff breaks, Stan Bowman comes out on the stage surrounded by women. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're such a great organization. Fucking like he's fucking Ric Flair in the club. Woo! Although I don't think you want to be com- I don't think you want to be compared to Ric Flair either with some of the fucking stories that are out there. Jesus Respect Christ. Woman. Woo! Oh my god. Just Again, two very deserving individuals that I'm happy to see get the spots that they have. But again, yeah, you're not wrong if you want to question the organization. That's that's all I wanted to mention about that. I don't know if you guys have anything to yeah, add. Yeah, um, at least it's happening. And we, it needs to happen more. That's fair. There needs to be more women in positions of power like this. Because you know what? That kind of stuff wouldn't happen as much. The Kyle Beaches, the Logan Mayus with those women in those kind of positions. Plain and simple. I'm not saying women are inherently better, but there's there's clearly an old boys club mentality. You need to start disrupting that. It needs to the you need well, to clean house and sort sort of start say, slowly. You say women aren't inherently better, but when's the last time at like a video game? Well, I meant developer? generally, like in a general sense. Like I'm not saying I know that what you that, meant. Yeah. All right, but continue. <laughs> but like, think about it though. Like in the workplace. How often is it this leadership of women and it's an overly toxic environment compared directly to like, here's a leadership of men and it often ends up being incredibly toxic. (laughs) Activision with Bobby Kotick and Riot Games and like, you hear stories every day. Yeah, no, um, in women in positions of power, I definitely will say in a lot of cases are inherently better because... Again, you well, for the exact reason that you mentioned, it's just that they're not going to let that sort of toxic shit fester, especially when it comes to um, can't think of the right word for it. But like, I'll just compare it to comedy. When you when you if you do comedy, you punch up, never down. And when it comes to those toxic work environments, the Activision Blizzard stuff like that, when it was just clearly sexual. Um, harassment, sexual misconduct, everything, just completely gross stuff happening, and it continues to fester, and it becomes part of that culture. That shit would be stamped out by a woman, or at least attempted to, because they've gone through that shit. They're going to say, no, this is wrong uh, for that. And yeah, so whatever it takes to get women into those sort of positions will be better. At the very least, 
it offers some it offers that counterpoint and and kind of the uh uh just that to someone to, to kind of step in and just try to put a stop to that or at least raise the question that it's wrong or rate raise raise the flags that yes this is wrong to say and it's kind of pathetic that we need that but clearly we do <laughs> the uh, there's no great way to obviously take a hard right out of that and talking about hockey but we'll do our best uh, on wednesday the toronto maple leafs beat the edmonton oilers four to two John Tavares scored his 14th of the year, and Ilya Mikheyev continues this unbelievable hype train as he scored his third of the year. Endo, any particular thoughts about uh, that Leafs game? Obviously, we'll, we'll talk a bit about the Oilers in a second, but uh, again, I just imagine you're feeling pretty good and waiting for the playoffs. Yeah, um, we're doing good. Uh, getting pucks in deep, you know, we're doing really well. This is the weather game. Okay, Ilya Mikhaev is a fucking legend. I had to make sure this was the game we were talking about. Ilya Mikhaev is a god, the Cobra, the Viper. Mike Smith needs to check his glove hand. But, boy, mm, give me some Ilya. Okay, that, that that's it. That's it. I'm just going to fangirl over Ilya Mikhaev even more. Are you going to fangirl, uh, fangirl over Nick Ritchie? Who uh, cleared waivers? <laughs> I think it's unfortunate that the Richie project didn't work out the way it could have. Um, Wait, what's but, that? Is that is that Endo Mills speaking, or is that me? Just a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, it's a project. Um, I I don't know why people thought he was gonna be great. He had one good season, but he was around a different dynamic of a team. Um, it to me, I feel like it could have either paid out in spades or would have been a disaster. And us losing Nick, Nick Ritchie doesn't really do anything bad to us because we have so many so many depth players that aren't really playing. So mm. it's good to have him his contract off the books, and maybe he does better in the well, Marlies. Is it though? And then, it, wasn't he signed for like two million? Yeah, he's yeah. signed for two point five for this year and next. So technically, you're not going to be fully off the hook for that. Well, he's in the he's in player. the minors. Doesn't count towards our cap yet, though. Yes, it does. Uh, what's A what's solid the amount portion of it does to be buried? That's the big question in terms of what would technically yeah. be buried and what wouldn't. Yeah. On cap friendly, they do still have them listed on the main roster, so I'd imagine they're still going to have to pay a decent amount of that. Yeah, but at least um, they have some some of it off. Hey, listen, some better, some's better than having it still all on there. I, they they wanted him to come in and be another Zach Hyman, and that's just simply not going to happen. And I saw Leafs fans all the time really just underselling what Hyman brought to the table and thinking, and mm -hmm. it, all right, well, here, here's, here, here's the max level of delusion about that. You think Nick Ritchie can come in and do what Zach Hyman was doing. I, I don't, I don't understand the mentality. That's, that's, that's insane. Like literal insanity. Like how, talk about the di disrespecting a player like Zach Hyman. Holy shit. Well, in terms of insanity, Let's look at the other side of the ice with the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, highlighted by Ryan McLeod not shooting at a wide open net despite Sportsnet trying to claim it as an amazing save by Jack Campbell. That's endo face palms. I ratioed the fuck out of I really did. You ratioed Sportsnet. Oh, I think it's really funny because of my previous experience at, uh, at the other uh, sports media giant. Um, Bell. Oh, man, yeah, because of uh, Bell and TSM. And all <laughs> yeah, that. I know. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't mean to say Bell. I meant to say like a small the score. <laughs> the score. <laughs> oh this, man, this big media giant, the score. The That's score. who I worked with. Oh man, 
No, but if Yahoo people don't know what, I thought, what the what the meme was, um, it was uh, the Sailor Moon uh, tuxedo mask. Like my job here is done, you, but you didn't do anything. Kind of gift when tuxedo mask kind of like runs away. Uh, but it was like nice save, and it was like, but he but he didn't save anything. <laughs> walks away. Yeah. You actually ended up with more likes on your tweet than Sportsnet did on theirs. So yeah, it's a successful ratio. Yeah, well done. That's on my bucket well done, list. Endo. Thank you. Um, just brutal from Ryan McLeod to not shoot that puck. And then we didn't talk about this in the last episode because we've talked about the Oilers a lot and how they're a dumpster fire right now by the standard of where they should be. Um, Coach Dave Tippett basically threw Miko Koskinen under the bus. I didn't bring that up last week. I thought I, I thought I brought that up briefly last. Maybe series. we did in passing, yeah. but we didn't really get into it. Okay. Koskinen responded. Oh yeah, this was a good response. Oh yeah. Quote. It's not nice being thrown into the bus. I have to be better, but at the same time, we've scored seven goals in my last six losses. I can't score goals. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, what? like I said Something... at the top of the show, your team has 111 goals against, like, for the whole of the season so far. And you mm-hmm. are a... You're on the cusp of being a wild card slot with your roster and your lineup. And they are currently in the second wild card spot in the West. Yeah, you are. I I don't have any words for, for how disgusting. Yeah, in the in the Pacific, and I'm 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 baffled. Like you, the goalies, as a goalie myself, hearing like there's like oh yeah he's got to play better. It's like yeah sure I have to play good. But you also need to give me the support so that way I don't have to bust my ass every day on a game. Make my job easy so I can make your job easier. Because the amount of goals that you guys get past me, you guys have to make up for in the end of the day. It's a two-way street. And I feel like always get a lot more pressure than I think they deserve. Start of the year. If I told you guys January 7th, 2022... The Pacific standings on points percentage would be this. Vegas? Okay, I can see Vegas ahead of Edmonton. Calgary? Hmm. Anaheim. And they are barely above Los Angeles. They are barely above San Jose. They are barely above Vancouver. The only team that's not close is Seattle, who are just outright in the basement of that division. This is a complete and utter failure, as we have talked about Numerous times. This is a failure of the coaching staff, which appears to have lost the room, and I cannot imagine that Dave Tippett makes it to February as head coach of this team. They are going to have to push the panic button here very, very soon, and he's the one to get the boot. Ken Holland being hired as GM of this team. Has he made some good moves? Yes. Bring in Zach Hyman. Good move. And that's where the list stops. <laughs> I was just going to say, that's that's the only good move I can think of. <laughs> what other good move is there that Ken Holland has made? Yeah, the Oilers, Oilers fans. Horrible. horrible. Inform me. Let me know. Because at the end of the day, you look at this team. Warren Fogle for Ethan Bear hasn't exactly panned out so far. Giving Kyle Turris a chance for $1.65 million. That has not worked. Uh, and then again, I don't mind guys like Devin Shore, Brendan Perlini, uh, Colton Sevier, but it's it's not working for the guys you've brought in for the bottom six. And then you get to the massive issues. Duncan fucking Keith, when everybody on God's green earth 
knew it was a mistake to get him. You gave up assets to get him at 5.5 million when the fucker cannot turn. He gets piloned every other day. That's the only highlights I've seen from Duncan Keith this year. Him getting piloned. They signed Cody Cece for 325. He was good in Pittsburgh. Still 325 for four years for Cody Cece? Like, he commanded that much, did he? And then obviously, the goaltending has stayed the same. Oh, well, Peter Shirelli's the one that signed Miko Koskinen. You kept Fucking him. find a way. You kept Miko Koskinen. And now you're doing... You kept Mike Smith. Even worse. And you signed him for two he's, years. He's not bad when he plays. He's 39 and can't stay healthy. What? I'm shocked. Like, Tyson Berry, 4.5 for three years. Like, look, the guy puts up a lot of points. We know he's a tire fire defensively. Everybody. These are just... All season long has pointed out the issues with this team. Surprise, surprise, here we are. Yeah, they're they're unforced errors, in my opinion. The Duncan Keith, uh, all, all the things that you mentioned, the stuff, the moves made by Tippett are just plain and simply unforced errors. And that's not what you want to see at the beginning of a tenure. Because again, as we saw with Shirelli, moves like that can can screw a, a franchise over for time, a long time to come. And it's, it's pretty nuts to see some fans, but mostly the media, just looking, going after excuse after excuse after excuse. Like, what is it with Canada? Are they afraid they're going to lose access? Is Canada that is our are, are teams that brutal to reporters in Canada where they were like, if you question like the coaches or the GMs, like you, you will get denied access because in Edmonton, they go for everyone. They've even questioned fans loyalty, said you need to be, you know, more, more loyal and you need to take it more easy on this team and maybe they'll play better. Like what? That, what? Come on, man. Like, it's, I get it to a point. Like, you don't want to put too much pressure on the players, but it ain't, in my opinion, it ain't the players. This team is built poorly. This team is coached poorly. You have McDavid and Dreisaitl carrying the team on their back. And it's, and yeah, like, and Tugi, you brought up the, the main point that I was going to bring up. Tippett has, a, Tippett's lost the room 100%. Yeah. There's no way he hasn't after doing that. I don't care how bad your goalie's doing. You don't necessarily throw him under the bus like that when your team's not scoring in front of him. Yeah, it, that's basically it. Another thing, that's the reason why we talk about the media stuff. That's the reason why when everyone gets mad that like Toronto and like Montreal, like the sports hubs of media in Canada is because they're not afraid to ask the hard hitting questions. It's more like the guys over in like over there, like Alberta, uh, those teams over there, Vancouver. It just seems like everyone complains that, oh, they don't ask hard hitting questions or anything like that. But then when you get your chance to ask questions and critique people it's like oh don't critique the, the 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 people actually doing the job critique the fans the ones that are paying the money like no if you're gonna do one do all it's just still waiting still waiting for something to happen with edmonton aside from finger pointing and nothing getting done let's be honest yeah the Winnipeg Jets beat the Arizona Coyotes 3-1, I do believe, on, on Tuesday. Pierre-Luc Dubois 15th of the year. He's been great for them for the most part. Nick Eller's 13th. Uh, the main talking point for the Jets, though, was that, I guess, ownership kind of put feelers out there about, well, what if we go play home games in Saskatoon? And apparently they backed out of the idea after fan feedback came back negative. Surprise, surprise. Endo, do you know a lot about this? Because I'm sure it's been covered more in the media there, but... 
I was just totally caught off guard by all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, hey, they almost played games in Saskatoon, which has you know long been a rumored place, even though it's a smaller market, but Winnipeg can work, so why can't Saskatoon? But you'd have people yeah, driving to Saskatoon anyway. So like what's the point? You'd have people you'd have people from Winnipeg driving over and the reason why they're not gonna they can't do is over there because of the restrictions, so you have people going over there anyway. I think they figured that that, you know, they're just gonna go because it's it's open here. I think they kind of stopped that for that reason. I'm not sure what the whole reason is. There was barely any coverage of that at all. That was really weird. Like I saw a tweet and that's it. Just a tweet saying, oh, we might do this, we might do it. And then just today it's like, yeah, we're not going to do that. I mean, like you could have fooled me. Just weird, weird stuff. Canada's weird. Uh, Don't come here. The Nashville Predators beat the Vegas Golden Knights through to two. Philip Forsberg with two goals. He's up to 17 on the year. And honestly, I feel like Nashville, despite being in the spot they're in, right? Like, number one, like we haven't talked about that enough. Like we've mentioned Nashville, but like I said, I just mentioned the standings. The Nashville Predators right now are on top of the Central Division. Granted, if we go off of point percentage instead, for that particular division. Uh, they're second, only behind Colorado. Positive goal differential? Nashville really hasn't been that bad. But I feel like you're still kind of waiting to see, much like Sharks fans are with Hurdle, what are they going to do with Philip Forsberg? Because he is having a great season. But do you believe your hype and try to keep him? Or do you move on from him and really hurt your playoff chances? Philip Forsberg has 29 points in 26 games this year. And last year, he had 32 and 39. Like, this is a guy constantly, or at least pretty consistently, hovering around, you know, maybe not quite over a point per game, but he is a very, very good player. So I'm intrigued to see what Nashville does, and I think they could be one of those surprising teams, but... It's, it almost feels weird to, to hear the idea of Nashville buying at this stage, but they could. So, I, I don't know. I'm also intrigued, too. I'll throw this out there for Sin. Like, the idea of, granted, different players, but, you know, the idea of, like, oh, big trade pieces at the at the trade deadline. Tomas Hurdle, Philip Forsberg. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, that's good news if Philip Forsberg is still – or, actually, it might actually be bad news if Philip Forsberg is still available. Granted, again, winger compared to center, but – if Tomash Hurdle's like the lone big fish out there and the Sharks sell, they're going to get a lot more for him. I hope like Unless hell he the team is. can be like, well, let's go talk to Nashville. Yeah, no, I. that's why I want Nashville to keep doing good. <laughs> so they hold on to Forsberg. And yeah, and but, but yeah, it's Sharks need to get an arm and a leg for Hurdle because it's going to, they have to because there's going to be fan backlash anyway, <laughs> no matter what. So just make sure the return is kick ass because if you somehow bungle the return on Hurdle, yeah. Yeah, bye bye. That that's a move that could actually get Doug Wilson fired, which I hope doesn't happen. To much to the chagrin of some Sharks fans out there, but I mean, I was heavily entrenched in the idea of how the hell has he not been fired yet? Just to finally have change. But in talking to you and talking to a friend of the show and no sleeves, like the idea of why he is still there and how Sharks fans feel about him, I understand it a little bit more. Um, I'd be surprised if he got let go. At this yeah. stage, like I said, if if he somehow bungles the hurdle situation, that's 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 the only way I would even step forward and say no, you have to go. 
Um, I don't care. Make sure your son, son stays at his head of scouting, hopefully, and you can get the fuck out. Because um, that's those are bad moves. You do not want to. You do not want what happened to Tavares happen to Hurdle. Like at all. I don't care if he says, "Don't trade me." Trade his ass. <laughs> <laughs> the final game on Tuesday. <laughs> trade his. <laughs> Send them. Oh God. Oh, we're the final game on Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay, we're jumping around. Okay. Because we did Wednesday. Yeah, I think I accidentally jumped to Wednesday you and did. then jumped back to Tuesday. I, I missed something Because we did there. the Costco, okay. I think. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, so I totally missed something because I tried to split something up. Uh, also on Tuesday, the Ducks beat the Flyers 4-1. to one. Troy Terry had a hat trick, up to 21 goals. He's unbelievable. The Ducks are great. The Flyers suck. Cam Atkinson scored his third. Now we're back on the Wednesday. I missed that one. I didn't want Ducks fans to, to, to yell at me. I reserve their yelling for sin. Don't worry. There's a- literally two of them. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, the final thing to talk about on Wednesday, because there were only two games. Uh, the Penguins beat the Blues 5-3. to three. We'll talk about the Penguins a little bit more when we get into Thursday's games. But Brian Russ, two goals up to seven. Crosby scored his fifth, and Evan Rodriguez scored his 14th. Talk more about them in a minute. Uh, but also, a note for the Blues. I didn't know where else to put this. Uh, the Winter Classic tied for the most-watched NHL regular season game on cable all time. Uh, with 1.4 million viewers, according to Michael Russo. So, uh, a healthy winter classic on a brand new network. That is lovely to see, especially when you talk about the idea of taking it off of NBC and putting it onto TNT. Uh, That's huge, to still get a really good number like that. So, I'm obviously happy to see that. Yeah, Uh, Good for the, uh, good just for the sake of the league in general. Good new TV deal. That's a good sign. We want hockey to grow. That's a good fucking sign. Exactly. Well, we will move over to Thursday, and uh, <laughs> okay, here we go. Let's talk about this game as the Minnesota Wild beat the Boston Bruins 3-2. to Kirill Kaprizov scored his 14th of the year. Yay. Matt Boldy scored his first NHL goal. Matt Boldy. Um... I, I discovered some, you know, uh, discovered some interesting things. Now, number one, I mean, the guy is, what, 20 years old? Yep. I think he's 20? Yep. It's ridiculous. Uh, played his college hockey at, uh, you know, a certain place just down the street Actually, within no, Boston. Yeah, he's about to be 21. Never mind. I math. Yeah. Uh, discovered on Wikipedia that uh, his, his dad played football for the University of Maine, uh, college uh, close to me. Girlfriend's alma mater. Uh, also discovered he was born in what was described on Wikipedia as a small town in Massachusetts before his parents moved in the fourth grade. Uh, that small town is a lovely place called Milford, Massachusetts, which is where I was born. Wow. <laughs> Population of 30,000 people. I just laughed oh, to see small town. town. Yeah, that was my hometown, Mother- 30K. <laughs> Motherfuckers, small town, my ass. Have you seen some of the places oh. in New England? Small oh town at 30K. Fuck off. <laughs> um, it was awesome, though, to see Matt Boldy get his first goal. Marco Rossi also played his first NHL game in that one, too. So very happy for Marco Rossi in terms of how he's battled back. Other than that, nothing um, happened, from... right? On to the next game. Yeah, yeah, nothing <laughs> happened. Matt Boldy scored. It was awesome. His, his parents and family were up in the stands, and they were all celebrating. It was cool. Uh, for the Bruins, Taylor Hall scored. Marshawn got his twelfth, uh, and that's it. Let's uh, let's move on. Um, other things for the Bruins: uh, Willie O'Ree's jersey is uh, finally going to be retired a year late. It'll be on January eighteenth, and he won't be there. 
Uh, he will be attending the ceremony virtually because of everything going on. Fuck. Right? Just damn it. This is why you should have done this a fucking decade ago, minimum, if not 20 years ago. He was the first black player. What took, it's 2022, he's like 86. What are you fucking waiting for? And now you're raising the banner, and he's not even gonna fucking be there in person? Fuck. Thank you, my, um, my, my white knight, Tugi. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. No, but I completely agree. This is a long God. time coming. And I, I hate that, like, they waited a year so he could have him there. And now he can't even be there. I personally, I would, I would, if I were the Bruins, I would say, no, we're, we're doing this right. We need him to be there for the, for this. Well, and I would you're risking. There, there are, there are obviously reasons why you can't do it. Um, probably stuff internally, but if I could, I would have this done fucking years ago if I could, but I would really like him to be there. It's unfortunate he can't be there. Um, I guess virtually is what they have to do, but I, it, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel so right. Do we name? Yeah. Do we name this episode Sir Tugahad or Sir Galatug? I'm gonna be your Sir Tug of Geef. Okay, we've killed this joke. Yeah. Sorry. Karel Kaprizov. Just go. Just go with simple with it. There you go. We'll think of it. Okay. Karel Kaprizov got hurt on a hip from Trent Frederick. Your thoughts, gentlemen? Uh, pretty. I mean, it's it's dirty. Uh, it's hard to say if it was in, intent to injure, but it was intent to try to intimidate him all night. So that's going to give a lot of people the impression that it's intent to injure. Injury, it's hard to step into his head, but it was, it's a bad play. It's a really bad play. He makes no effort to play the puck, which I think like bounced through his feet, if I'm remembering correctly. Like, or no, no, I think he could have just like taken it off of his Kaprizov sticks. And skated the other way because Kaprizov went off balance, was really struggling mm -hmm. to get a handle on the puck. He could have created a break the other way. What he opted to do was play the body with a player in a vulnerable position, and that's dirty. That's that's the definition of a dirty hit or a bad hit. I'll say whatever. So Bruins fans don't come after me, but I don't care. I mean, they will because I had <laughs> Bruins fans that's coming after me. They came after you, so yeah, uh, it's it's. I'm, <laughs> so you're fucked. I'm, whatever. I'm, um, I'm over here on the West Coast, dude. They can't even fucking spell where I live. <laughs> you go. Dumbass selfies. What are you gonna do? I don't know. Something <laughs> Spanish in California. Yeah. Uh, fucking <laughs> Seriously. Gonna, I'd be lace God. curtain to you guys over there. Get out of here. I got me more than should have. Oh, I just looked at the hit. That's gross. I think the mm -hmm. worst part about it too is um like uh, Kaprizov gets up and like he sees everybody's got a guy and he's like oh what do, who do I get no fuck I'm too hurt shit <laughs> oh man I I hope he's help. okay yeah, yeah. so yeah oh, man that's my only issue with wild fans they were rightfully outraged about this I I don't blame them for that I will say the shit talking to be like oh the Bruins couldn't even beat an injured wild team uh, Charlie McAvoy didn't play last night let's not pretend that. You know, both teams are at full strength. That's my only point there. In terms of the hit, Sin mentioned the idea of targeting. Like, look, it's nothing new. Bottom six players take the body and play very physical against the other team's star players. That's literally primarily what they are there to do. For Trent Frederick, it was no different. That's why matchups are so big. Put your grinders out against the top line. Try to fucking shut them down. It's not 
I don't know why uh-huh. that's a that's weird basic. concept to people. <laughs> right. But in terms of the hit, and apparently Kaprizov might miss at least one game due to this injury, whatever it may be. I completely agree with Sin, and I think you you nailed it. And I, I've said as much on Twitter. Like, number one, it, it's an unnecessary hit. A more experienced player, a better player, dare I say, would have played the puck there and not the body. If you're looking at some of your top defensive... You don't even have to be a Patrice Bergeron, a Pavel Datsuk type to just be like, oh yeah, playing the puck there's the right move and go down the other way. Kevin LeBanc would know to take the puck right there. Uh, Jake trimmed for Jake DeBrusque. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's a bad hit. And I I said as much on Twitter and I stand by this and I've said this all season long with every play that's happened, including the likes of the Jacob Truba hits. You are responsible for the outcome of the play. I do not care, and nor should this be the rule that, oh, well, it wasn't malicious. He didn't intend to injure him, so it's not a dirty hit. It ended up being a dirty hit is the best way to sum it up. It might not have been what he intended for. He intended to hit him, and he made sure that he hit him when he probably shouldn't have. At the end of the day, if the end of results is a bad hit, that results in an injury, it is a bad hit. There are no ifs, ands, or buts. Trent Frederick is at fault. If Trent Frederick gets suspended, I'm okay with that. I don't think he will because we haven't heard anything. Uh, And we've already heard the likes of, uh, I think it was Brad Richardson for hitting Matthew Joseph. He's not going to be suspended. So, I mean, the DOPS continues to drop the ball. It's It was just a bad play. It was a bad play. You could say, oh, well, it was just more circumstantial. What was the outcome? It was Trent Frederick hitting a guy in the numbers who was already down on a knee, putting him face first into the boards. That is a dirty hit. End of. And we could get into talking about, and we have, I mean, literally, again, that solo episode I put out talking about Trent Frederick and how that's, you know, was that the right guy to take at the time? I don't think Trent Frederick's a, a bad guy. It's not his fault for being selected where he was selected. But you're also looking at a former first-round pick who's stuck in the bottom six and is being told to play physical, and he stepped over the line. That's all I got for that. I don't know if you guys have anything yeah. else to add, but it's it's a bad hit. No, it's spot on. Last talking point for the Bruins. Tuka Rask officially signed his PTO, of course, with the Providence Bruins. Unfortunately, uh, the games he was supposed to play in this weekend have been postponed. So no real idea of what they're going to do with Tuka in terms of getting him that game time. But we are one step closer to likely officially seeing Sorry, everything you say to me. <laughs> um, we are... <laughs> I don't know where that we came are... from. Sorry. God. <laughs> <laughs> Out of nowhere. I love it. I just, uh, it was a compulsion and I had to act on it. Oh, man. But what's you So got? we found an episode title Spontaneous Chester. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. Oh, God. With the Bruins. We don't know what the hell they're going to do. They signed Tuka Rask. Okay, what's it going to be? Well, Swayman has a 918. Allmark has a 917. Somebody's the odd man out. Do you send Swayman down? I don't know if you want to do that. Taxi squad? Do you look to tr- I mean, the taxi squad would make sense to carry three goalies if you want. Yeah. The question has essentially become, 
Uh, well, there's a, a no movement clause for two years for Linus Allmark. Can you get him to waive it? Has been a lot of the conversation amongst Bruins fans. I don't know. Do you want him uh, to? Allmark signed a four-year deal. It's a $5 million per cap hit. No movement clause for this year and next, and then it moves into two different versions of a no-trade clause, or a modified no-trade clause in the last two years of the deal. There are some teams that could certainly use a Linus Allmark. Edmonton. For Edmonton. One. Edmonton. I mean, granted... You'd have to work out. I mean, I don't know what the hell you do carrying Smith, Koskinen, and Linus Allmark. You'd get I mean, rid Bruins of Koskinen because because uh, he called the Bruins out the would coach. want Koskinen back. There'd be a lot of moving pieces. It would almost be a video game trade. I don't know if Allmark's going to waive that no movement clause. Like you, you sign a deal with a two-year no movement clause to say I'm not going anywhere. But on the flip side, it's as a safety net in case Jeremy Swayman's not ready. Jeremy Swayman at this point has 26 career starts, you know? 9.45 in 10 games last year, and 9.18 in 16 games this year. So Tuca being there makes sense, but what's Tuca going to have coming off of a pretty major injury? Like, there's just still so much uncertainty. Um, and it's a shame that we're not going to be able to see Rask. I mean, again, for all we know, the games could have gone as poorly as they did for Ben Bishop. I don't think he would have outright retired. Yeah. Uh, but then again, bad games in the AHL don't mean that you're going to suck. We saw Carey Price spend some time with Laval. He got shelled, and then the next thing you know, they're in the uh, Stanley Cup final. Yeah, so I think the funny thing about that, too, is um, it's a big shift for goalies to play one level and to drop down to another. Um, like, you've seen every goalie so far that's had a PTO. Like, so that's Price. That's not like PTO, but like like conditioning stint in the AHL has been Bishop. absolutely just it's no, it doesn't. Work I don't think well. he'll even played a game in the Barracuda because he had a conditioning assignment to Barracuda. I can't. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't even. Anyway, I, I don't now. even know. I don't know but um, <laughs> I think the oh my god, I feel I feel bad because Lee Valley dodged the fucking bullet for not having to go up against Tuka Rask. Because it's it's Tuka Rask. Like, imagine going up that one night, you find out, like, in the morning, hey, we're going up against Stanley Cup champion, uh, starting goaltender for the Boston Bruins. Bez in the winner. Tuka Rask. Yeah. <laughs> I, would throw, I would throw everything. I'd be pissed. I mean, it'd be You'd awesome. You'd pull a Tuka Rask and throw that fucking milk crate. Back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> throw the milk crate, throw all the sticks on the ice. Do all that. If anyone's never seen the clip of Tuka Rask when he was actually with Providence getting mad and throwing a milk crate <laughs> to the ice. And all the sticks. <laughs> the best. Oh, it's the best. Oh, the, the great finish temper. And then is, he did uh, it in Boston as well oh, when he was with the Bruins, I think once. He was mad. Oh, he's broken sticks over posts. He's... And then he's picked up the blade and put it right at the ref. <laughs> like, this is you. <laughs> Okay, I still hate that moment. Again, I will die on that hill that that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. That if a goalie loses a skate blade, play doesn't fucking stop. That's terrible. That's oh, a stupid that's thing. Happened, that's happened. Like, literally, it cost the Bruins a game against the Lightning in a series they would have lost anyway, by the way. The Lightning yeah. have owned the Bruins for the past couple of years. But the idea that goalie skates, the blades are a little bit more quick release like everyone else's skates, and you lose a skate blade, and you're just like, ah, it's fine that there's a fucking knife on the ice. What? Let yeah. alone the fact that it's fucking dangerous for a goalie who's trying to balance on a skate holder or has to stay butterfly. Like, it's the fucking dumbest. Like, unless you unless you think people are going to go full David Leggio 
and just be like, ah, fuck it, tip the net over. Someone's on a breakaway. I'll take a penalty shot instead or some shit. Or flick the helmet off. Um, That's my favorite when goalies flick the helmet off. And then, Mm. like, when their strap breaks. I've done that a few times. I had, uh, I think, before everything. Scumbag. (laughs) Yeah, before everything shut down, I took a puck to the helmet and usually supposed to, like, if it's, like, extensive, you stop play or my helmet's, like, whatever. But this was during, like, a like a semi-pro, like, bunch of pro guys who played in, like, the show were playing. Uh, humble brag. And I took a puck to the helmet. Strap broke completely. Play kept going. I'm like, my helmet, my helmet. It's like, well, they still have the puck. You need to touch the puck. Like, possession. So I flip my fucking helmet off. And then the ref looks at me because he knows me. He's like, I know. What the fuck are you doing? I'm like, now you got to stop the play, don't you? It worked. Cheating. Just cheating. Um, also... Uh, on Thursday, the San Jose Sharks beat the Buffalo Sabres 3-2. Myers 14th, and what could be Tomas Hurdle's final goal as a Shark, his 17th of the season. Wait, no. Yeah. To see if, when, when's the trade fun. deadline coming, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> Usually every game is the last game. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> uh, for the Sabres, Jeff Skinner scored his 11th. Again, not bad, just not quite the 40-goal score he was when they gave him the contract. And I want your thoughts on this as well. Um, because I don't know, it's always weird, right? Like PJ Stock got in a little bit of trouble on Twitter today, uh, for calling out like, oh, players coming back, uh, and getting a tribute when they weren't really with the team for all that long. I'm right. not sure who sparked that. Personally, that doesn't bother me. Oh, this guy was only here for two years. Eh, still, former player. Hey, thanks for your time here. Who gives a shit? And then another thing people always seem to complain about are banners. Now, unless you're losers like the Indianapolis Colts and the Nashville Predators and you're raising banners for no reason, then yeah, I agree. Like, those those people deserve to be laughed at. But the Sabres announced that on April 1st, it's not an April Fool's joke, longtime commentator Rick Janaret will have uh, a banner raised to the rafters. And I've seen people have an issue with it, and I say, why? Like... Rick Janaret is as notable. He's iconic. I know his voice, and I he's, yeah, he's really the voice of the games. Buffalo Sabers. He has been with the Sabers, if I am not mistaken, since seventy one seventy two, which was their second season. Fifty years, man. How anybody could have an issue with this, I have no idea. Well, he's not a player. Who gives a shit? Like, again, like I don't even have a problem with Minnesota raising the number one to the rafters for the fans. I get people hate that. I can understand the hate yeah. for it, I get. I but I thought it was Seattle. <laughs> oh, no, Seattle did it too, I think, yeah, for the uh, amount of ticket holders. Um, something like that. Like I understand people having an issue with that, even though I don't, because who gives a shit? It's a number um, at that point, but... Yeah, how anybody could have an issue with this? Like, the man's going to turn 80 years old this year. He's been doing the commentary work for the Sabres for 22 years longer than I've been alive. <laughs> like, there are people listening to this show that are not even 22 years old. It's it's ridiculous. I don't understand how anyone could have a problem with this. This is awesome and a great way um, to wrap up his time with the Sabres uh, in his final season. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. The New Jersey Devils, who we talked about in the last show with their horrible injury luck, Dougie Hamilton out with a broken jaw, Jonathan Bernier hurt. They did beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 3-1. to 
Jackets falling to 15, 16, and 1. There's a whole lot of teams around 500 right now. There's Mm -hmm. a whole mess of them. Jack Hughes scored his ninth of the year. We talked about him in the last show. He now has 12 points in his last five games. Four goals, eight assists. After coming back from injury. Worth the contract. Kids unreal. Yeah. I mean, it's it's actually going to be a steal of a contract. I know a lot of people were worried about it. No. It's going to be a steal of a contract. And uh, for the Blue Jackets, shout out to notable not Seattle Kraken forward Max Domi, who scored his <laughs> eighth of the year. <laughs> Fucking idiots. He's just, yeah, he's not, it's not an analytical darling, clearly. He, no, he just, he, it was the, the wrong call. The hell? The absolute Wrong call. Uh, my apologies. My computer just blue screened. <laughs> oh, that's nice. okay. We can still hear you. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're good. We'll see how long Endo stays. I'm not going to edit out any of this. Endo's still here. And if he's not, well, Bye. then shit. Hey, there we go. There you you go. know the best part of that is on the YouTube side of things, I think that might move my webcam up to your spot and yours to mine for like a minute. It's okay. Cool. No, no one will notice yeah. anywhere. We're the same person. <laughs> Pretty close, at least. <laughs> Very close. The Penguins beat the Flyers 6-2 on Thursday. Two more goals for Brian Rust. He's up to nine. Jake Gensel scored his 17th and 18th because he is maybe the most underrated player in the NHL. Like, Jake Gensel is an elite player. I said it. And doesn't get the respect he deserves. And Evan Rodriguez scored his 15th. Boys, he is on, I believe, a 70-point pace. Is Evan Rodriguez? Fourth-line center Evan Rodriguez, you mean? There you go. Dude, it's just... It's absolutely insane. Just of course, this is why Nylander is going to kick ass in Pittsburgh. Like I know, all right, Rodriguez is a a much better player than he was, you know, being played in other places, <clears throat> Buffalo. Um, but also, <laughs> he's slightly a product of his environment at the same time. But he's also yeah that and but that this is the reason Gensel Rodriguez. These are the reasons that Alex Nylander is probably going to find some some sort of success in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, he has a career high of 29 points in a 74-game season back in 1819. Um, was previously close to about a 40-50 to 50 point pace, actually, the year before that. Last year was his first, I want to say, full year in Pittsburgh. He played 35 games with 14 points, so again, about a 30-point pace. And yeah, now has 30 points in 33 games with 15 goals. Ridiculous. Yo, they let Absolutely him go, ridiculous. or they traded him, and they just got him back for nothing, didn't they? I believe like, so. Even... I actually, I can get clarification on that actually really quickly, but I don't get it. <sighs> yeah, it's so Evan Rodriguez uh, signed by the Buffalo Sabers in April of 2015, traded from Buffalo, um, Toronto. I think, oh my right? God, traded from Buffalo with Connor Sherry to Pittsburgh for Dominic Cahoon <laughs> in February of 2020. <laughs> right. Oh. <clears throat> yeah. August of 2020, traded from Pittsburgh alongside David Warsawski, Philip Hollander, and a first-round pick to the Toronto Maple Leafs yep. for Pontus Auberg, Kasperi Kapitan, and Jesper Lindgren, <laughs> and then he signed with the Pittsburgh again this October. With the Pittsburgh, with the Penguins. And like, ridiculous. They, they didn't tw- want to. He didn't want to sign in Toronto or something like that. Like it was something. It was like his. We got his rights, and he wouldn't I'm sign. <laughs> He knew he wasn't going to get it. <laughs> Would have been time. a better investment than Nick Ritchie, as it turns out. Okay, but hey. we, we get it, yeah. Ten straight wins for the Penguins. Now at 28-5. and five. They have been without Evgeny Malkin. 
Like, Tampa doing what they do without Kucherov isn't surprising. Somehow the Penguins just not dying and not going away, though. I mean, granted, they're in a wild card spot right now. It is very close, though. It's crazy. It's just absolutely... What words can you possibly have for it? Yeah. It's it's been the meme for years and years and years, and Evan Rodriguez is the new Mark Donk and just magically a part of this team and good. It's what it is. It's it's insane. It's I don't I don't know. Like it's just it's ridiculous. Is ridiculous the best word for it? I think it is. But it's along the lines of I'm trying to find this, too, as I, I type this out. But you know the meme list that was going around? Hopefully you guys saw it. But um, there was a meme list going around of just, like, the, the joke names of, like, oh, who's going to be on the U.S. Olympic team now that the uh, NHL is not going? It, it, Evan Rodriguez. Like, you could imagine Evan Rodriguez going. But instead, he's on the Penguins, and he's crushing it. Right. We'll leave it at that. The Dallas Stars, who just got a lot more interesting to talk about throughout the course of this show. They beat the Florida Panthers 6-5 in overtime. Jason Robertson's 11th of the year. He's still sick. Sagan and Ben, their 9th of the year. Still not bad. Uh, For the Panthers in the loss, two goals for Barkoff. He's up to 14 on the year. Dallas, though, just had a nice little interesting development. Their record is 16-12-2, and apparently a defenseman, John Klingberg, has requested a trade. Does not mean that they will adhere to it, of course, as we have learned with the likes of Jake DeBrusque. But yeah, no, John Klingberg has requested a trade. What? Yeah. And, I mean, you're looking at a guy who has 16 points in 25 games this year. He, dare I say, is kind of, uh, as I just managed to drop my phone, that's great. Uh, (laughs) He is almost like Tyson Berry-esque. In that, you know you're not going to get great defense, but as, you know, a solid offense defenseman, yeah. And maybe the I mean, Sharks will pick him up. He is... Maybe, right? <laughs> <laughs> one for one for Vlasic. Who says no? Oh, God. Yes, uh, please. I would, I would love it. <laughs> Fuck it. Get, get a new coach in there who will just let us fly and we'll win every game 8-7. to seven. Who cares? <laughs> Klingberg is 29 years old. He is on an expiring contract, making just $4.3 million this season. I mean, you want to talk about the top defensive trade target right now that we know of. Here you go. I mean, like I said, he might not quite be what he used to be, but he's still a really good offense defenseman, even though the defense is going to suck. Like, if you need that power play quarterback, you might be good to go. And honestly, the way some of the metrics look, you could argue it was directly tied into the change in coaching style when Rick Bonus took over for the Stars and implemented a more you know defensive system that he doesn't quite fit. So... Uh, that's huge. Yeah. That's absolutely huge news, especially, too, if the Stars were to adhere to his request. I mean, he had a career-high 67 points as a defenseman in the 2017-18 season. It's a sick player. So, all the talk, sitting of like, oh, what's going to happen with Hurdle? What's going to happen with DeBrusque? What's going to happen with this guy? We get to add John Klingberg to that list, and we're still, what, like two months away from the trade deadline? <laughs> It's going to be the majority of our show. Yeah. It's talking about, oh, where's this guy going to get traded? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, it to me, it makes sense. Um, on the expiring deal, Devils, or sorry, Dallas, there you go, 
Um, definitely, I like pretty pretty bubble team. Yeah, they're you know still with the positive record and whatnot, but just a very bubble team in my opinion. But yeah, losing Klingberg would suck. But also, you mentioned that the expiring deal. If he doesn't want to stay there, they could get a hefty something back. And honestly, Haskinen is the is the number one. Haskinen is the future of that oh. defensive core. He is probably the most underrated defenseman in the NHL, in my opinion. He brings so much to the table. He's good offensively, but he's really solid defensively. He's a great, great two-way defenseman, and his mentality as well. He just he sees the game differently and has that great mentality. When he If he makes a mistake and you call him on it, he's not going to make that mistake again, and that's what you want from a, from a number one. And Klingberg, I think, just kind of senses the changing of the guard in that regard. You know, in that regard, he's just not going to be the number one. Mate, you can argue he was never a true number one, but during a time when every when a true number one was seemingly for every team like a really good offensive defenseman, Eric Carlson, John Carlson, Brent Burns, there was that you know a few years ago there was that point in time where that was your number one. It's changed a bit once again. You need a guy who can do that, but also shut down. Haskinen is that guy. So to me, it kind of makes sense Klingberg getting out, but it also kind of comes out of nowhere at the same time. Trade to see what happens. Uh, to wrap up the show, again, a couple more games to talk about here rather quickly. Uh, the Avalanche beat the Jets 7-1. to The Saskatoon Jets, or I guess that's not happening after all. Hmm. Nazem Kadri scored his 12th of the year. He is uh, currently second in the league in points per game, only behind Connor McDavid. <laughs> so, uh, good old Nazem Kadri. Absolutely. <laughs> Endo's reaction there was priceless. Yeah. <laughs> If you can, if you can contain yeah, you know him. Kerfoot better, right? <laughs> oh, mm. my God. Kerfoot in that one season of Tyson Berry. Mm. It's the way to go. Uh, Landis Gog, also. That's a lot to say. <laughs> if you can contain Nazem Kadri and his idiocy, he's great. If you can't, he's terrible. That's it. Landis Gog also scored a hat trick in that game. I think that was, what was saying, like his first hat trick in forever, if not his first ever. Yeah. It's ridiculous as that is. Uh, 13 goals for him now, ranting him with 16. The Avs are sick. This we know. The Arizona Coyotes beat the Chicago Blackhawks 6 to 4 last night. <laughs> <laughs> Johan Larson with a hat trick. For his first three goals of the season. Shout out to Leafs legend Travis Boyd, who has eight goals on the season. Yo, Boyd. Yo, Boyd. Keller has 11. Um, My favorite Blackhawk, Alex Dabrinkit, 21st goal of the season. Make him captain. Captain. In this game, Arizona took their first two-goal lead of the season. Their what? 32nd game of what? the year. They took their first two goals lead of the season. <laughs> Wait, like, you mean one by two goals or just had a two goal lead? This at was some the point? first time all season they were leading by more than or by more than a goal. <laughs> their first wow. two goal lead of the season. That's a hilarious fucking stat. Like that that's a stat you would maybe expect to to be back in the nineties during the expansion era. Like what the fuck? What's going on? They also Recorded their first empty net goal of the season in the <laughs> same game. <laughs> oh, wait. No. Was that the one that put them up by two? No, they oh, were up 2 nothing at the end of the first. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. It's like, what, for... That'd be technically zero seconds with the lead. So, technically, they wouldn't have ever had the two-goal lead if that was the case. Yeah. Yeah, depending on what it was. So, yeah. 
ridiculous. Uh, the Coyotes are 7, 22, and 3, so it's not overly surprising, but also at the same time, how was this your first two-goal lead of the season? Um, as well for the Coyotes, I mean, he won't be the top name in the rookie race, uh, but uh, rookie a defenseman uh, Giannis Moser has three points now in five games. Uh, he's 21 years old, was taken as an overage defenseman out of Switzerland, uh, 60th overall in this year's draft. Brave. So despite the fact that the Coyotes have had uh, an interesting history with trying to draft in the past couple of years, they might have actually found a little bit of a gem. So uh, good, good for them. They finally got one. Coyotes finally had something good happen to them. It doesn't <clears throat> doesn't normally happen that way. Uh, Chris Kreider watch. The, the Golden Knights beat the Rangers 5-1, but Kreider scored his 21st of the year. Sin's favorite, Jonathan March, so though, had a two-goal game. He's up to 18 on the year. And the final game that we're going to talk about is the Nashville Predators beating the LA Kings 4-2. Forsberg scored again, just to reiterate that uh, Nashville should probably resign him. He has 18 on the year. Matt Duchesne has his 14th. UC Soros made 46 saves. That's my king. In this game, 46 of 48. Our short king. Short king, juicy sore ass. Let's go. <laughs> my God. Now, this, this comes from Adam. Is incredible. That's nuts. This comes from Adam Vingan, I believe it is. V I N G A N on Twitter. UC Soros in his past 51 starts, 34 wins, first in that time frame. A 207 goals against average. A 9.34 save percentage, which is first in that time frame. A 9.42 even strength save percentage, first in that time frame. Uh, a 42.19 goal saved above average, uh, as uh, given by natural stat trick. That's first in that time. All of these stats, a minimum of 10 starts. Remember when we talked about the Sharks last episode and talked about the goaltending? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, like a minus 17 yep. goal saved yep. above average or expected. UCSR is at a 42. He, as much as I talked about Philip Forsberg, UC Soros is willing this team into the playoff conversation and might be, for all the times we've mentioned already, just in this episode alone, of underappreciated players... He might be the most unappreciated. Yeah. UC Soros is an absolute freak. I got two He's things to say about that. Number one, uh, his only stat that wasn't in first is arguably the stat that's more attributed to the team, which is goals against average. Insane. <laughs> Number two, your Finnish scout is a god, Nashville. <laughs> I mean, you had Pecorine, now you got UC Soros. What the hell? It's unreal, just unreal, the level of talent, of finished goaltending talent that Nashville has picked up. And it, it's really defined their existence and defined their competitiveness. The crazy thing is, though, I'm looking at goalie save percentage. And amongst goalies with at least 10 starts, he's only sixth in terms of pure save percentage at a 928. You have Freddie Anderson directly ahead of him at a 929. Uh, Anthony Stolarz in 10 games has a 932, the backup for the Ducks. And then the top three. So I don't even know. I mean, UC Saros might not even be in the Vesna conversation. The top three right now. Tristan Jari. Motherfucker. 
As Sin's car alarm goes off. <laughs> oh, it's not mine. It's this overly sensitive oh, no? snow of this Somebody fucking else. guy. Hold on, sorry. That's hilarious. <laughs> this fucking guy. And uh, <laughs> I want your thoughts on these numbers while Sin waits this out. <laughs> I God. was fucking doing fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> this fucking guy. Uh, um, juicy. Uh, UC hold on. These numbers. Hold on. These numbers. These are the top three goalies right now in terms of save percentage. Tristan Jari at a 9.33. Yeah, can't make a glove save. Tristan Jari at a 9.33 for the Penguins. Shesterkin for the Rangers, a 9.36. And Jack Campbell, a 9.39 through 25 appearances. Those are good numbers. Those are again. Very UC good Saros numbers. is at a nine twenty-eight, and he might not even be in the top three right now because yeah. Campbell, Shesterkin, and Jari are unreal this year. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. Um, Juicy, uh, see alone, he is setting up this weird standard right now for goalies where the status quo was like, oh, you got to be at least six foot tall to like play in net and be at a goaltender in the NHL. And now he's got a whole bunch of kids, myself included, who are like under six foot being like, hey, maybe I can make the show. Maybe I could do it. And th there, this could be the big time where we see smaller goalies get back in because of the certain play style that that Soros has. Um, I've been watching a lot of tape on how he plays to implement in my game when I play beer league and be more active and be acrobatic. And it's good to see that he's putting in the work and getting the numbers up too. He's man. Um, I, I got no words. He's, he's, he's just that good right now. Is this the new meme uh, that choosing to start? UC Soros is just too good right now. I was going to say the Pekka Rene is so hot right now. Meme will never die. It just evolves. Yeah. It just goes to another finish <laughs> goaltender. I feel bad oh because, God. um, uh, Last season with the bubble, um, when uh, Casimir Cascasuo moved over there with uh, to sign a one-year contract, uh, it was like you had three Finnish goaltenders. You had Rene, you had you had Soros, and you had Cascasuo. And I feel bad for Cascasuo because he, I think he can be an NHL goaltender. And now he's over there playing in Lexans and absolutely killing it with their team. Um, but it's just like he, he, now that you see who they went with, it's like I don't blame them, to be honest. So with that, gentlemen, solid show. We had a lot to catch up on. There was a lot of news, actually, in the past couple of days and some conversations that we didn't get to have just because of how kind of crazy the schedule's been. Again, every Tuesday and Friday, we will be here. Well, Sin will alternate Tuesdays because of his uh, incredibly busy schedule, but that is more than okay. At the very least, Endo and I will be here on Tuesday. We will be back again. Of course, you can check out Endo on the Twitters. On the Twitch at Endo Mills. Yeah. Well, if you, yeah, you're still you're still streaming. You're I doing, stream a little bit. Um, I'm gonna be changing up some stuff over there. If you ever wondered, um, how a Tugi Twenty Four video. Oh, have you ever wondered? Just have you had a dream when you and and you you and and you? No, have you ever wondered how a Tugi Twenty Four video gets edited? I may be doing live editing streams, just breaking down how I do it and how I process everything. Uh, just cause I'm looking for more st new stuff to do. Uh, I'm kind of sick and tired of playing NHL. Although the games is like a succubus where you just want to keep playing, but you know, you hate it so much. Uh, twitch.tv slash Mills. You can follow me on Twitter and Mills and possibly YouTube content coming out soon. I don't really know. I have a big backlog of stuff that to get done. So that's me. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and sin, of course, on YouTube, on the Twitters, anything else going on? No. 
No. Not that anyone out there would probably care. Not that I could even show anyone. I have a lot going on in my life, but yeah, I ha- I, I'm, a, I'm a sports guy here, so no one, no one cares about Warhammer. <laughs> Warhammer's awesome. What are you talking Warhammer. about? <sighs> Catch Sin on YouTube. Sin for the Win Productions, of course. Catch some hockey content. Watch the other stuff, too. Support your boys with whatever they do. You can also support your boys at Manscaped. Use code Toogie. But support your boys in whatever they do. You can also catch Sin and I. Uh, we, we jumped the gun by a week. Everything was pushed back a week, but that is okay. You can also catch Sin and I starting this Monday over on twitch.tv forward slash NHL Gamer. We will be doing the commentary work for the Premier Sixes eSports uh, side of things, of course, for the NHL landscape very excited for that again twitch.tv forward slash nhl gamer nhlgamer.com uh that'll be at about 2 p.m eastern on monday uh will be our our first deal there so very excited for that of course you can catch me everywhere 2k24 a big thank you to our friends at manscaped for sticking with this show again we will be back on tuesday go listen to some lincoln park and Laugh at how bad the Oilers are constructed. I don't know. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you soon.